Welcome to At the Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Amen. So how many know God is good? Amen. So we're in agreement there. That's a good thing. Awesome. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you today that your word has been written to transform us and to change us. God, we ask, Lord, that you'd speak to us by your word today, that your Holy Spirit would make it alive, that we would just get fresh manna from heaven today and be changed by it. And all God's people said, Amen. All right. Well, God is good. So right now we're doing a series. We're starting a series. It's a 13-week series, and it's called Winning the War Within. How many know that, uh, you know, we are, we are called to be warriors for God? Amen. We've got to learn to fight the battles that are before us. And uh, the first part of this series is called Know Your Design. It's important that we understand our design because the enemy understands your design. And if we don't understand our design, the enemy can take advantage of us and he can move us off the course and the path that God has planned for us. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Paul is writing to the church and he's saying, listen guys, we are in a wrestling match, but the wrestling match isn't with the person sitting beside you. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, my fight's not with you. All right? Your, 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 your wrestling is not with, with uh, your teachers, not with your co-workers, it's not... The, the, the fight that we fight is not against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities, number one, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, and the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. And so Paul gives us four levels of devils or four levels of evil spirits in the unseen realm. And um, we need to understand what is the primary way that these spirits affect us. Where is the battleground really? And, and, and if you miss this one scripture in the New Testament, you can go through life and, and, and be under constant attack without having victory. And this is the scripture that I want to read to you in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 5. Okay? So it says here, actually, we'll go to the next scripture, sorry. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me on your phone or through your Bible. It says here, whose God, who, whose mind, the, sorry, I, I, I missed the scripture here. Going back. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 5, sorry. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. Okay? Look what he says. He says, casting down arguments. How many have ever had an argument? Alright? God doesn't want us to have arguments. He wants us to have communication, come to solutions. But casting down arguments, casting down every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing every thought, say every thought, say every thought, into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We have to understand that the enemy fights us by interjecting thoughts 
into our minds. All right? And I, I remember when I was younger, I used to watch the uh, Looney Tune cartoons. Somebody seen those cartoons? And uh, there was something that was very real that, that took place. It was symbolic. You see these cartoon characters and the little angel would show up on the shoulder and say, you should do this. It'd be good. And then the little devil would show up and say, no, you should do this. And then he would usually follow the devil, right? You need to know that even though you're a believer, the enemy is speaking to you with thoughts. He's trying to interject the thoughts that he has. Amen? And here's the newsflash. I can't control my wife's thoughts. Uh, I cannot, uh, you know, control the arguments that maybe bombard her heart or her head any more than she can control mine. We have to all deal with what we're thinking about on our own turf. I want you to think of yourself as a radio station with three channels, okay? Three signals. The three signals is the signal that God speaks to you, the Holy Spirit speaks, yourself, and the third channel is the kingdom of darkness or the second heaven where these four levels of spirits live. And so you're constantly hearing thoughts. And that's why it's so important to renew your mind with the Word of God. We want to know how God thinks. We want to know what God says because we want to think like God. Can I hear an amen? But here, here's the beautiful thing. God has broken the power of the enemy for us. That's good news. We don't have to, to fight against this, you know, God of this world, Satan, and it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Whose minds the God of this world has blinded. Satan, the God of this world, has not blinded the eyes, physical eyes of people, but the minds of people. How do you do that? By bringing thoughts that are contrary, to bring worldviews that are contrary to the Word of God, to bring ideologies that are contrary to the Word of God. So there's a blindness... So people cannot enter into the truth. Alright? So Satan has blinded their minds. Our minds before we knew Christ were blinded by the prince of the power of the air. Through worldviews and philosophies and, and, and uh, different ways of looking at life that did not have God in it. We thought this way. But then in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 6 it says... For it was God who commanded light to shine out of darkness. Can I hear you, man? God has done that. Look what it says. Who has shone in our hearts to give the light of knowledge. Say knowledge. So God has given us the light of knowledge of the glory of God. How? In the face of Jesus Christ. So when we look at the face of Jesus. When we look at the Lord Jesus, the glory of God is revealed. The knowledge of God is revealed in us. So the good news is you're no longer captive by the enemy. He no longer has power over your thought life. But guess what? If we're ignorant of the devil's devices, we'll allow thoughts of rejection to come. We'll allow thoughts of fear to come. Will allow thoughts of accusation and self-accusation. So many people accuse themselves. I'm no good. No good at anything. I'll never amount to anything. Nobody believes in me. 
and, and you're really just grab, and the devil's sitting back just interjecting these thoughts, just take it. And you're like, you grab it, and you think it's your own thought, and he speaks to you in the first person, you're like, but when you recognize that these aren't even your own thoughts, and when you repent for believing them, because God says, you're above and not beneath, you're the head and not the tail, you are the apple of my eye, you are loved unconditionally, you say, God, forgive me for listening to the liar, I choose to listen to you. Amen? And so God is calling us to understand where the battle is. Alright? Now, Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says this. Now, hope does not disappoint. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. What has been poured out in our hearts? The love of God. You know, I hear people say, well, we need a love revival. We need the love of God to come and revive. Listen, then that means you need to get saved. Because when you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes and God pours out His agape love into our hearts. You come into this place of the spirit of adoption that comes over you. Salvation is a moment of adoption. That's what it is. And that's why when you get saved and God begins to love you and accept you and you just sense that on the inside, right? The father of all spirits brings you into his family as a son or daughter. It's life changing. And some of you, even some of you online are watching this. You've been to churches. You've heard the message. You've heard the Bible being read. You've been to different churches. You said it's just about rules and regulations and this and that. Listen, it's about... God adopting you and coming into your life. Right? And so, in order to live it out, you need to experience it in order to live out the life that God has for us. Now, here's the thing. Perfect love casts out fear. And how do we know that God is love? And the Bible says fear is not of God. Okay? And, and, and how many know fear is not of God? Now, there's a healthy type of fear. How many know that um, if you're on the side of a cliff, you uh, about to fall, you're going to grab onto something, and you're going to hold on to it for dear life. That's a healthy fear, right? That's that, it's it's uh, it's a uh, fight or flight. And God has designed it so we're afraid uh, of certain things, or if, if a snake coils up, you're going to jump back. So how many know fear in itself is not evil, but where the enemy makes comes in with the spirit of fear is he brings in fear in relationships. God wants you to be afraid of being in relationship. Because it's when we're in relationship with God and others, um, transformation happens. And the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but love, power, and a sound mind. And so we say, okay, I command fear to leave my life. If it's a spirit, I command it to leave, but then I'm still afraid. Why? I, I want to give you an example of how fear works. Okay? When we have thoughts of fear, I'm going to tell you how it works. I was out gardening with my wife. I do it once in a while. Not a big gardener. She loves it. She's got a green thumb. But uh, she asked me to come out. She goes, I need to get this plant out, but I can't get it out. So can you help me? You're stronger. So 
I, I started pulling this thing. And she's like, are you okay? And I said, yeah, yeah, I can do it. And I'm pulling this plant, and I'm digging around this plant, and I cannot get this plant out. Okay? Can you mute the piano? Awesome, because it's just humming up here. And I said, I can't get the plant out. I cannot get the plant out. And I'm pulling on it, pulling on it, pulling on it. And, and you need to understand something about plants. There's, there's a primary root that goes all the way down, and that draws the nutrients and the water from the earth. But then there's secondary roots that come out of the side of that root, and that holds it in place so it's firmly grounded. And when I, Camille said, yeah, you just got to cut the roots. So she got, and I thought, well, why aren't you doing it? But anyway, uh, so I, I started to, to cut the roots with my little saw, and suddenly you could pull that whole primary root out and deal with the plant. And a lot of people have a spirit of fear, and they can't get the fear out of their life, right, because... They have primary roots, and I'll tell you what they look like. Maybe someone always accused you of being a source of a problem in your household growing up. So you have a fear of relationship because I don't want to deal with being accused of being the source of the problem, so I'm going to pull back. I have a fear of being in relationships. I don't want to be accused anymore. Or maybe someone was bitter with you, or you're bitter with someone else because they hurt you. So I don't want to be bitter anymore, so I'm just going to, I, don't, I want to avoid relationships. And so these roots look different. Maybe someone uh, never talked to you growing up and there was this silence and you always felt rejected by people. Maybe your father rejected you, your mother rejected you, somebody rejected you. That's a, a secondary root. And the beautiful thing with this course over the next 13 weeks, we're going to talk about these secondary roots. I'm going to show you how to cut them off so the spirit of fear comes right up. How many know we've all been hurt by people in the past? I've been hurt. You've been hurt. And the good news is as believers, we can walk in freedom and be totally filled with the love of God. Amen? Have no bitterness. And the spirit of fear will be broken once and for all in our lives. Amen? I remember as a teenager walking into the room. I wasn't the most popular kid, but I wasn't unpopular. People knew who I was. And I went to a party. Oh, there's Travis. And I was a fighter. Like I, people knew that I knew how to fight because I took kung fu and I was I was and I would and people know oh, he knows how to fight. Don't mess with him. But I was always afraid on the inside. I had this fear that someone would pick a fight with me because I was terrified of rejection and looking back. Because when I was younger, I was beat up on two occasions before I learned to fight. I got beat up and people sat around and laughed at me. And so on the inside, I'm like, I hope they don't pick a fight. I hope they don't pick a fight with me. I was terrified on the inside, but everybody thought I was tough on the outside. I had a spirit of fear because I was rejected in the past. I'm here to tell you today, we're going to talk about this next 13 weeks, how to cut rejection out of your life, how to cut uh, accusation out of your life, and self-pity, and all these things that the enemy tries to bring, so fear will no longer have a hold in your life. Amen? So, Paul tells us how we're to think in Philippians 4, 8, and 9. He says, finally, brother, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. If it's positive, if it's good, if it's lovely, meditate on these things. 
the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these things I want you to do. If you think the way I think about good things and keep everything positive, it says here, the God of peace will be with you. And Satan knows that. He goes, if I can just get these Christians to think lousy about themselves, to think lousy about their future, to have fear of the future, fear of tomorrow, if I can get them to be afraid that their kids are not going to get to heaven, whatever it is, I'm going to put fear in them, and the peace of God is not with us. How many hear what I'm saying? And when I talk about knowing your design, you need to know this. Our bodies and mental health were designed by God to thrive in peace, and scientific community calls it homeostasis, when you're at peace. And I'm telling you, there's a peace in God that is nowhere, way above anything you can get from Eastern religion, meditation, yoga, all that stuff. People, i got to just have me time, i got to meditate. No, this is much, much greater. It's beyond your understanding. And most of the church, unfortunately, doesn't live there. But that's going to change. God wants us to live in homeostasis, not in fear, not in anger, not in bitterness. And so we need to understand our design. God designed us to think good thoughts. And if we entertain negative evil thoughts, our bodies and our emotions don't do well. You know, many of you got newer vehicles. Some of your vehicles, you go to put the gas in, and it says, Supreme Gas Only. High octane. How annoying is that, right? And, and, and you're like, but the gas is so expensive. But you know, if you put regular fuel in your car, it'll work for a while, but eventually it's going to break down. It's not going to run the last, it's not going to last as long as it was meant to last. And that's what's happening with believers today. They go to church, Sunday, Monday, they speak in tongues, they pray, they love Jesus, God is with them. But on the inside, they're fueling themselves with the wrong thoughts. And your bodies break down before their time. Can I hear an amen? I love Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. It says, be anxious for nothing. Do you know what nothing means? Does anyone know what nothing means? It means nothing. And, and you know, when I read the Bible now, I, I'm, I'm saying, God, I want that. If that's accessible, I want to be in a place where I'm anxious for nothing. Why? Because... Anxiety is a symptom of fear. So if you have anxiety issues, know this. Perfect love casts out fear. You don't have to have anxiety issues. You don't have to take medication like the world. You might be on medication now, but you're hearing this word and you're saying, man, maybe, maybe it's different. Maybe I can be free today. Right? Be anxious for nothing. But in everything, in what? Everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And here's what's going to happen. So instead of me being anxious about what people think of me when I walk in the room, or what tomorrow looks like, or whether or not my kids are going to get to heaven, or whether or not I'm going to get fired tomorrow, I just nothing. I'm not going to be anxious with anything. But instead, I say, God, I got a request. Would you help me in this situation? 
And thank you, thank you. Thank you, God, that I know you are taking care of me so I don't have to be anxious. Look what it says. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Jesus Christ. Now, it's, it's beyond understanding. And, and in the last 20 years, I've been part of moves of God I've been in the Toronto Blessing and down to Brownsville. I've been touched by the glory. How many love the glory of God? The presence of God comes down. And you can feel His weighty presence. And, and it's like sometimes you laugh with joy because the Spirit of God is on you. And you know what? That's amazing. But what I found in 2017, when God started giving me revelations about the peace of God, the peace of God coming up within you is a hundred to a thousand times greater than the presence of God coming upon you. They're both great, but there's something God is calling us as a church. It's not just the glory coming down, it's the glory coming through and out that God is calling us into in this season. Can I hear an amen? The next 13 weeks are really an appetizer for the Highway to Wholeness 2.0, which we're doing in September. And God really wants us to understand that if we can control our thoughts, we'll live in healing and we'll live in health. I wanted to quote from a book by M.K. Striden. She's a medical doctor, born again medical doctor out of um, South Africa. And the book's called Healing Begins with the Healing of the Heart. She said, the last cutting edge medical research has made a startling discovery that 87% of diseases are a result of what goes on in our thought life. 87% of diseases are a result of what goes on in our thought life. What has now been shown in research on the brain is that everything that goes on in your thoughts, in your thought life, is converted into a physical reaction. A massive body of research has now shown that the mind-body connection is real. What we think affects us emotionally, intellectually, and physically. For every thought that you meditate on, there's a physical reaction in your body in the form of electrical currents traveling across the nerve, nerves in your brain, and the production of various hormones and chemicals that flow throughout the entire body in response to those thoughts. What you think affects your whole body, your endocrine systems, your hormones, your nervous system, your immune system, your gastrointestine system, your heart, your blood vessels, your bones, the marrow, all is directly affected by your thought life. Every time you meditate, it is actively changing your brain and your body in either a positive or destructive way. If you are bringing every thought into captivity, and meditating on what is good and true and noble, you're going to go the distance. In Philippians 4.8 says, you know, your brain is going to convert these thoughts into a reaction that is going to produce health in your body. And you know what? The Bible says in Proverbs 17.22, a merry heart does good like a medicine. Amen? And so we have to have good medicine. I'm going to close in just a second. A thought may seem harmless, but if it becomes toxic, even just a thought can become spiritual, emotionally and physically dangerous. 
When you start listening to those toxic thoughts of anxiety, fear, self-hatred, condemnation, self-condemnation, self-rejection, anger, rage, bitterness, unforgiveness, jealousy, your body is secreting chemicals and hormones in response to those spiritual attacks that are counterproductive to your health and peace. Your brain is converting those thoughts into physical reaction that is leading to the development of disease in your body. And that's why in 3 John 1, 2, John says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. So the, the priority is our soul needs to prosper. Your mind, your emotion, and your will needs to prosper. And then you'll be in health. Amen? God is so good. God is so good. And so, today I just want to close with saying this. And if you come to the Highway of Wholeness in September, we'll get right into the science of it. Epigenetics. I can never say it right. Epigenetics. It's a new science of the brain explaining what's happening. And, and, and we need to learn to take our thoughts captive. And so what we're going to do is I'm just going to pray with you. And I want you to um, just just repent to God. The only thing is repent and say, God, I've been listening to fear instead of listening to faith. I've been listening to a voice of fear and rejection instead of listening to your voice. And then we're going to cut it off together. Amen? So I want you to say this with me. Heavenly Father. Forgive me for listening to thoughts that are negative. Thoughts that are fear-based. Thoughts that are self-accusation and rejection. I, I, I just renounce those thoughts because you love me. And your word says that I am good. Your word says that I'm beloved. And your word says that I'm loved by you. So I renounce those thoughts and I cast them out of my mind and out of my heart. And I only receive the words from the Father. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.